You're sitting around the campfire listening to spook tales, folklore handed down from generation to generation, safe in knowing that at the end of the night, it's just an innocent spook tale. Or is it? World of the Occult. With your host, me, Kyle Pittman. Tonight we celebrate great spooky tales, both true and fictional. Our very own reporter George Cropper talks with celebrity Twitter author Stephen King, and I read from one of my very favorite true Reddit stories. It's 3 a.m. I'm high on crack, and it's time to enter a world of mystery and imagination. Now first up, I just want to say that the show may be a little slower going from now on, just uh, every other week instead of weekly, uh, hopefully only temporarily. This is not out of any kind of laziness, but I do have better things to do, like laying on the couch in my underwear and forgetting to brush my teeth, but on to more important matters. Home invasions. Pray it doesn't happen to you, but what if it does? You wake up to the sound of someone not unlike myself creeping around your home. Well, I did my research and would like to share it with you. Here, YouTuber Chills gives you the scoop on what to do if your private place is forcefully invaded. A home invasion is when people force themselves into your house. Similarly, if you follow these steps, maybe you won't be their next victim. Number 11. Don't think it won't happen to you if you want to survive. Number 10. Don't open the door. Don't fall for this trap. Number nine, make a code word. Number eight, be on guard outside of your home. Similarly, strangers with bad intentions will often approach you from the street. These home invasions are hard to defend from. I know this sounds kind of strange, but imagining yourself being kidnapped in different ways from time to time will naturally help you develop situational awareness. Number six, make a code word. Number five, just wait for the police. Number four, make a code word. Number two, developing an obsession. Keep your social media photographs of yourself public for a stalker to obsess over. Similarly, if you've ever been curious as to what I look like in real life, then follow me on Instagram at DylanIsChillinYT with underscores instead of spaces. Number 1. Plant thorny bushes around your doors and windows if you want to survive. That was wonderful. I'd like to hand it over now to our intrepid reporter, George Cropper, who as I understand is currently at the home of legendary Twitter author Stephen King. Take it away, George. 
Hello, well, it's roving reporter extraordinaire George Cropper again, and this time I've got a real coup for all the listeners out there as I've been invited to the home of one of the greatest living authors, and I do mean that in terms of volume of product sold rather than in terms of actual literacy and ability. Uh, anyway, uh, Kevin Bacon, uh, Kiefer Sutherland and Stephen King, what do they all have in common? Well. Yes, it's true that they've all acted in films at one point or another, with uh, uh, King himself even having the, the fucking temerity and pinheaded arrogance to uh, appear as the star in one of his own works, but uh, uh, disgusting displays of arrogance aside, the, the unifying factor that ties these men together, uh, along with Benedict Cumberbatch and many others, is that they are all, in point of fact, we're pigs. So, uh, with this in mind, I've been round several primary schools in the Hollywood Hills, or I don't know, wherever the fuck it is he lives there. Uh, I've collected all the, the pig slops which are leftovers that all the kids throw away at lunchtime. Really, their bag smells quite uh, uh, fetid, but I'm hoping this is going to be my uh, one-way ticket into the king's kingdom, as it were. Now, it must be said that we've not been technically invited into Mr King's house, nor have we arranged anything that could be in any way classed as a formal interview, but I gave the Mexican gardener $35 and he let me straight in, and to be fair, he even wheeled me up the drive, opened the door and sort of bumped me up the steps, because he's got a sort of alluvial fan-style arrangement of six steps up round the front of his front door. It's very nice, Mr King has obviously spared no expense. Now, I don't want to get into the whole do we or don't we need a wall debate but to be honest I've paid for hotels where uh, some fucking white streak of piss has left me by the side of the road in the, the fucking pissing rain after I've checked out so yes there is something to be said for the migrant workforce particularly in terms of uh, being able to lowball them with bribes before uh, availing yourself of, of free extras above and beyond the, the terms stipulated in the original deal but anyway here I am inside Stephen King's house so uh, we'll just have a little uh, wheel around this main hall. He pointed sort of gesticulated in this direction. It's a fucking massive house from what I can see. And uh, as I said, Paco told me that Mr. King's currently dining, so we'll just uh, head down this hall to see if we can surprise him with uh, an on-the-spot interview so that you, the listener, can uh, see uh, uh, get the regal on-air treatment with a real king. So we'll just carry on down here a little bit. OK, well, uh, let's just have a listen now. Now, we can actually hear him eating now, so that's a good sign. But anyway, uh, hello, it's Stephen. Hello, mate. It, it's George Scropper, raving reporter and failed YouTuber, here to do an impromptu interview. Can I come in, sir? <laughs> Yeah, well, he, he's just actually sort of run at me as I put my head around the door, but at the last minute he did a sort of 360 and kicked the door shut with his, his back legs. And it seems also he's, he's triggered some kind of total security lockdown of the premises, which is, is going to be an interesting one. And all the lights have gone off as well, but uh, plunged into sort of strobing red darkness. I uh, really want to explain to the police if I can't bloody well get myself out of here, but thankfully Mr King has no opposable thumbs from what I can see, so I'm pretty certain he'll not be able to 
kill me with a firearm. But on the other hand, I mean, really, uh, uh, you should have seen the size of those fucking teeth. So, uh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to have to watch myself as I'll as I continue. But I'm just going to make my, uh, make my little uh, way down this hall here. Because I sound I sort of heard trotters down to the uh, right of here. It's obvious that these rooms perhaps link up with a, uh, an auxiliary corridor on the other side. But it's a really big place too. You can see uh, where a lot of his ill-gotten gains have gone. I mean, for example, I once tried to read one of Mr. King's books and it featured the line, he went down the stairs into the corridor and all the way along to the end of it. I mean, really, what kind of, of, of cannibal fuckery is that to afflict upon the English language? Oh, I'll just put the book down after that. I could... Fucking hell! Jesus Christ! Well, he's just bashed into and disturbed some suit of armour that's a big suit of axe has whooshed down and very nearly beheaded old George. So, fucking hell! He's just sort of charged through that door just in front of me and to the left and rabbit kicked it shut behind him. So, I'm just going to try and get in there and have a word with him now. Mr. King? Mr. King, it's roving internet reporter and failed YouTuber George Cropper. I'm just going to come in, Mr. King. I am not armed and I am white. So please don't go fucking mental. Fucking hell. Well, I'm now standing here with one of the greatest literary minds on the planet, according to Mongoloids. And what I'm really aghast at, uh, uh, what's before me now, is I'm right here watching Mr. Stephen King chomping through a load of his own turds with an absolutely blank expression on his face. This is animalistic terror at its most naked. So, uh, just getting a little bit closer, I could just maybe ask a question. Mr. King, is there any truth in the rumour that you recently chose to publicly snub uh, Steven Spielberg when he suggested that you two collaborate on an upcoming project? And wow, that's really fantastic. I don't know if you can hear that, but he's actually started to urinate himself. Okay, anyway, take from that what you will. And as usual, it's an enigmatic response from the reclusive, beaver-faced, talent vacuum. But for me personally, it's been as much about what he hasn't said as what he has. And perhaps him being on all fours, split naked and devouring a substantial quantity of his own bottom olives is in some way allegorical for his creative process. <laughs> Fucking hell, he's gone wild. Okay, <laughs> back to the studio. If it's to Betsy, I hope uh, you manage to get out of the house as soon as possible, George. I'd like to ask all of our listeners to please send all thoughts and prayers to P.O. Box 911 Inside Job, New York. Let's take a short break, but when we return, Reddit Spooktales. Just 
My name is Dark Cody. I live in Hickory, North Carolina, and I am a dark poet. This poem is called Ode to Jimmy. I have a friend named Jimmy. Jimmy Cribb was his name. We grew up together and play and have fun. In sixth grade, Jimmy chopped the fingers off my left hand with a hatchet. We were splitting wood and began to verbally altercate, at which point I placed my hand upon a log and said, Jimmy, if you hate me so much, won't you just chop the fingers off? Which is what he done. You see, Jimmy thought I would move and I thought he would miss. And we was both wrong. We later laugh about it. The next year, Jimmy perished. This was in seventh grade. He was drinking liquor with his father on a bridge. His dad dared him to leap to the creek below, which is what he done and met his doom, for Jimmy could not swim. I've never seen Jimmy again. But often I walk down to that same creek and stand near the bridge. And sometimes I might see a beaver or a squirrel swim lazily by. And I imagine it's Jimmy with his coonskin cap. And I'll raise my fingerless left hand and I'll wave. Welcome back to World of the Occult. Thank you, Dark Jody, for that uh, uh, that story. Up next, former interview subject Tin Dung has joined the World of the Occult team full-time as a contributor. Just clap your hands. Give him a round of applause. Uh, Tin Dung, welcome to the team. Without further ado, Tin Dung's Conspiracy Corner. In 1963, President Donald F. Kennedy was shot by Lee Harvey Winston, and he died from the bullet one in his head. But what? There more to the tale. Good question, my child. I saw attempt to answer it with my great knowledge of conspiracy. Some people think there were many good men placed nearby on the Henry Hill. Were Harvey Winston alone good men, or were this uh, an inside the drip job? Some people think that Donald Kennedy was killed by his own government to keep American troops in Alaska to build a highway. After President Kennedy would die, leading B. Arthur would travel King for approximately three months before Archduke Nixon would vote to claim the presidency with the promise he would reveal the truth about aliens. I hope that answers your question. Thank you for submitting it to us. I'm Ting Dong with Water of Occurs. 
Sign up until next time. Next, I would like to delve headfirst into the latest trend in true horror tales. The subreddit "Let's Not Meet" is home to a variety of spooky stories, and it has become quite popular for YouTubers to read the stories, which are not their own, for maximum views and profit. Not one to spoil a good thing, I will now partake in this exact form of exploitation by reading a true story from a writer whose name will no doubt go down in history alongside H.P. Lovecraft and Bram Stoker, the one and only Pizza Succubus. So I live in a large city, but my neighborhood has a very peaceful residential feel. Lots of multi-story row houses and apartment buildings. So one day, about three years ago, I was walking my two dogs, just one block from my apartment. A man walked up who looks identical to Quentin Tarantino. He immediately stooped down and began talking in baby voices to my dogs. They looked really uncomfortable and kept pulling away and ducking their heads. He did this for about five minutes. And finally, I tugged their leashes and said, gotta go. Have a good one. Quentin Tarantino never even acknowledged me or conversed with me. We walked off. Then over the next few years, I kept encountering him like clockwork during every single walk. Every time, he would rush over with this baby voice, and my dogs would give me these pitiful looks, just diving right down to pet my dogs and coo in their ears. It was unnerving. One day, I told him to fuck off and never touch my dogs again without permission. And the guy went poof and disappeared. Just like that, he was gone. Thin air. I didn't see him for at least 12 months and thought he had moved. I almost forgot he existed. So about two months ago, I was up late at night trying to finish something before a deadline. I always walk my dogs before bed, but time sort of flew by as I was working. I didn't realize it was already 2.30 a.m. by the time I had finished. My neighborhood is very safe and full of nice young families and retarded folk, so I didn't think much about leashing my dogs up and heading out in the middle of the night. As I suspected, the streets were absolutely dead. We slowly strolled around and the dogs were taking their sweet time smelling every little thing and peeing every two seconds. I crossed the street to a sidewalk that is lined with very thick oak trees. There is parallel street parking on this side of the street, and all of the slots were filled with tall SUVs. So the sidewalk itself was incredibly dark. The trees and SUVs blocked out what little moonlight existed. So one dog is pooping on a tree while I'm standing there, lost in my own thoughts. Then I hear it. I hear that weird laugh that honestly sounds like it belongs to a deranged clown or maybe a leprechaun from the movie Leprechaun. I immediately start looking around. My dogs are really on edge and look like they're about to bolt. Other than the weird laughing, it is dead silent. I don't even hear a single cricket. I'm looking around frantically for the source. It sounds like it's getting nearer. I felt like I was in a Goosebumps novel. 
by R.L. Stein. I wasn't quite sure which direction to go in, and my feet felt glued to the sidewalk. I finally spot him. Yeah, you guessed it, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> That's all the time we have for tonight. As usual, I want to thank the World of the Occult team, George Cropper, Tin Dunn, Dark Jody, and of course, myself for doing such a great job. And I want to thank all of you for listening. Please keep listening and share the wealth because the numbers are dwindling and it's probably your fault for not telling, you know, just enough people. So uh, keep telling people. Uh, tell anyone who will listen about the fucking show. Uh, don't think I won't travel the globe and hunt each and every one of you down and guarantee a slow and painful death. But all that aside, thank you. Uh, until next time, NASA are liars and wake up, sheeple. Good night. <laughs>